Hello, campers. In the ever-present debate of never-ending debate, because the point is to never end the debate, the point is to keep the conversation going. Me being the killjoy I am, I like to end the conversation because the conversation is politics and I hate politics. So, how does one rationally deplatform stupid? Well, that's it. You have to make it stupid. Subject matter experts whoop the shit out of everybody else. So when we're talking about First Amendment rights versus shut the fuck up, we need the Al Borland to speak up, and we need the Tim Taylors and everyone in the audience to pipe down. And the real thing that I'm kind of noticing is, even on a personal level is, maybe you're just going to have to remind someone that they aren't in your peer group. But if you can't demonstrate what peer group you are in, it makes it difficult for you to have any kind of discussion with anyone because... I mean, you could be a lineman from the county, but if you don't understand national electric policy, you, you kind of got to know where your bailiwick ends and where the industry ends and all kinds of stuff. So deplatforming stupid is what this is going to be about. And it's really going to be about how would you look at something to know either I'm too far into it because I'm a dummy or that one obviously doesn't know and I should put this shit out of my life. And this comes around the whole Dave Chappelle thing. Who in the hell? This isn't even adult conversation. No one gives a shit about white women outrage about Dave Chappelle. But don't worry, we're going to talk about it for a couple of news cycles because Lord knows what the fuck is hiding behind that, right? Let's get the subject matter experts back out and quit fucking pretending that anyone shrieking at Dave Chappelle was ever worth a discussion but the echo chamber of amateurs will go to work every day. example is World Trade Center 7 okay now that building came down at 520 in the evening now no matter who you are or what you believe in nobody was supposed to know that that building was going to be demolished at 6 a.m. that morning and they didn't have a big pile of explosives laying around to put it on the ground 11 and a half hours later right okay because the first plane hit at 8.45. That means if someone knew that they were supposed to have that building on the ground, they had eight and a half hours to do it without a packing list, and now they have to knock a building down, okay? Now go ask around. But that's fundamentally impossible, okay? That's fundamental. Somebody had to find the correct explosives in eight hours and then install them in a building that big, okay? And then I'll just add that, you know, when, um, <clears throat> when you look at the, the second plane hit, that eh, plane was all gray. It didn't look like an American Airlines flight, but I kind of blow that one off. If you go look at the, if you go look at, uh, the Pentagon video, there's a, 
the, the, the Pentagon was obviously hit by a cruise missile. The early damage had a, a small hole before that segment collapsed. And there's actual video of whatever hit, hit. And it wasn't the size of a plane. It was a cruise missile. So because these, this evidence exists, what do we have? We have a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily, anyone who hasn't seen these uh, videos, the one of uh, Building 7 coming down or hasn't seen that cruise missile at the Pentagon. Now, I, I will state that when I saw that video, the claim is that it's of the Pentagon, and I haven't validated, but, but this is 9-11 videos that are commonly passed around. So, The other one is objectively World Trade Center 7 falling down. So... Uh, the one is of a parking lot. It's kind of a narrow, uh, it's a narrow angle, but it, it very much corroborates the story of what happened. There was a bunch of poles up in the parking lots of uh, the Pentagon and a plane that flew through the, through the, would, through, flew at the angle that it did would have knocked over several light poles and they were all still standing. So bad information. You have to be a forensic, a forensic mind a skeptic, but really more, not so much a skeptic. The, the skeptic is half of an accusation. But when you're looking at it, a forensic evaluation of something, this isn't skepticism. It's known to not be skepticism. It's known to be looking at the details for correct. Does this all go together? Is something missing? Whose fingerprints were in this that caused it to go wrong, etc. Um, Joe Rogan is passing around a piece of information that I'm certain is incorrect, but then it's with another piece of information that comes with video. So he talks about uh, Commander Mark Fravor and all of these, um, what we're calling UFO videos. Um, yep, I can see the video. I'm, I'm not arguing with any of the video. Then there's another piece of information that Joe is repeating. He, also, he, he repeated it again in front of Michael Malice, and, he, and he, he always puts the two pieces of information out together, so I give him credit for that. I'm certain one of them is wrong. The second piece he puts out is something went on the radar from 60,000 feet to 20,000 feet in one second. I guarantee that that is either a radar glitch or something detonating because any material scientist on the planet will back what's about to happen. I'm an ET in the Navy. I know how radars work. You're standing on the bridge of a ship and you will look out and you can, you know, on the open ocean, on the bridge of a ship, you, you know, you're elevated, uh, I don't know, 60 feet above the water, some uh, higher in some ships. We have 25 miles of good visibility in every direction, and there is nothing but water and the curvature of the earth out there. So I look down at the radar, and I see what is obviously a mountain range 14 miles away. That is not correct. I know it's not correct, because I could see all 14 miles, and there is no land there. What is happening? My radar has pulses, Okay. And they are very fast. But we were just slowed down for the human mind. We're going to go it down half a second. So the first half of the second, the radar is on and sending out a pulse. And the second half of the second, the radar is off and it is listening for that pulse to return. And because this happens at the speed of light, it's very, very fast. So the pulse is on and the pulse is off and the pulse is on and the pulse is off. What happens when pulse one comes back in the space of pulse two because it was a very powerful out and it came back later it hits mountains that are 400 miles away and tells me that they're 14 miles in front of me okay it's fake radar return we know how this happens that is horizontally not vertically when this ignorant stuff happens vertically or there is some kind of error in the equipment 
something will go from 60,000 feet to 20,000 feet in a second, okay? A detonation velocity is 30,000 feet per second. 25,000 feet per second is what the space shuttle returns in, okay? Material science does not allow things to travel through our atmosphere for but very short periods of time and only if they are really expensive and engineered to do so at that speed. That is how decord comes apart. That is how solids, based on their chemical composition, become energy. That is what that speed is. I am certain Joe is incorrect about that, and every material scientist on the planet can back me up on that. Probably something wrong with the radar. Joe wouldn't know that. Edward Bernays um, did a cigarette, the first cigarette campaigns, okay? And he wrote the book Propaganda. And uh, the first cigarette campaigns were sold as freedom torches, okay? And he said that later in his life, his wife died of lung cancer, and he very much regretted doing the cigarette campaigns. He knew how this worked. He, he didn't fundamentally understand what he was participating in. He was passing bad information. And he paid for it later, not with anything other than knowing that he contributed to his wife's death. So passing bad information, especially if you don't know how, it'll just happen. The, some of the, the best professionals in the world will pass bad information because they didn't know any better. Here's an oldie but a goodie. The magic bullet, okay? The magic bullet is obviously, uh, for those of you who don't know, the magic bullet is the part of the theory about how JFK got shot, and the magic bullet is actually a piece of evidence, which is a bullet that was fired, it has rifling on it, but it wasn't deformed, a 30 caliber rifle bullet. Now, anybody who knows anything about ballistics will note that that bullet was definitely fired, because that's rifling. And they will also note that there's no way that that bullet hit anything other than a medium designed to stop it, slow it gently, because 30 caliber rounds do not get fired and then hit anything and then look that pretty. Period. End of talk. How many people knew about ballistics when all of these pictures were coming out in the 60s and said, none of these people know. None of these people know. So if you think propaganda doesn't prey on the ignorant, we're still in the middle of playing that game of who shot John, okay? And then who shot his brother? And then shot, who shot MLK to keep all this shit shot up? And shut up. So, like, like, we're living in this Potemkin that's been going on and passed down from generation to generation because nobody seems to want to clean up the last mess. No, at a certain point, the bodies just start to stink a little too deep. And now, it's not even bodies anymore. It's the ledgers are fraud. The legislatures are fraud. You're seeing how Nancy Pelosi does nothing but get rich and lie to people. That, that's her whole, that's her whole game. She, Nancy Pelosi's portfolio does better than Bitcoin. How? Because she's got inside information. And that's always the name of the game, campers. If you don't catch up, you will just become prey to someone else. And when I tell you prey, what if it's statutorily okay? There's a lot of Republicans who don't understand that when they say, I believe in the Constitution, they're like, okay with certain amounts of predation from Washington. And then they'll shrug it off and say, well, there's benefits. Uh, when you get down to the brass tacks of it, there really isn't. There's just predation. And the belief in the Constitution is kind of what allows the predation to continue. It doesn't, it doesn't misstate anything. It just doesn't allow proper assessment of the problem so that we can get past the problem. And, uh, you know, belief in the system is part of the problem at this point gonna go over a quick one real fast because i come back to it later masks 
many of the masks right on the side of the boxes does not protect against coronavirus. But the, the science of it, since 3M was a company, if not a stock, N95 is a 300 nanometer threshold, and coronavirus family is all under 200. So none of this was ever going to work. And then it was, well, cloth masks are good enough, because wait a minute. No, it wasn't. Either we were wearing a mask up front for a reason, and we should deplatform every ignorant mammal who didn't understand, and we should no longer participate in this debate. But I do understand that that debate is being forced. The problem is the manner in which it's being cleaned up is not past the good information. It's let's have a 30-minute discussion about how maybe there's negative mask side effects. No, there's not. I'm sorry. Yes, there are negative mask side effects. That is 100% guaranteed to every mask that you can, you can place on your face. There's always a negative side effect to a mask wearing. Always. Because you're not born with one. And anytime you cover up your mouth, you can get all kinds of stuff on your face and rashes and recirculation of, virus, of the stuff inside of your mask. Whatever. It comes with all the negative side effects of a mask every time you wear one. So... The kind of ignorant discussions that are being passed around. All of the miracles in the mirror are supposed to be embarrassed when they're making these kind of arguments. The people who are conducting the arguments aren't correcting anyone now, you know, except when they know. I, you know, uh, Rogan just get, uh, got in on Gupta about the honesty level on CNN, and then Gupta goes back on CNN and kind of downplays about how dishonesty is on a day-to-day when Rogan's not around to remind everybody he's kind of being dishonest. So you have to kind of learn to become your own subject matter expert. You're not going to repeat the ignorance. When someone brings up masks, the mask class gets had. No, no, we don't do the mask thing for the negative reasons and the fact that they don't work. And why are you talking about this? That is a Sharia debasement ritual. The end. Remember, when you use the euphemisms and you pretend you know how it works, you end up talking about it for months and months instead of just calling it what it is. A Sharia debasement ritual. And that is all. You can call it a psychological warfare tool and tell everybody to cover up their face and treat them like servants. That works too. So let's not keep it all negative. Sam Harris brings a bad argument to the table, but it's a complete argument. Now, again, he is 180 degrees off. If, a human ne- if humans didn't have mouths... How would Sam Harris make a living? Because he wouldn't be able to speak backwards into truth and confuse the ignorant. He wouldn't be able to demonstrate free will with every shriek that he makes. He wouldn't be able to do that. But his entire argument is on the table. And then it's just a huge pile of grammar to which I am no longer willing to blame Sam for anything other than being backwards as he's forward. The end. But you can't argue that Sam Harris is not exuding free will because you don't have to use your voice. Like you could just try to pantomime. There's other ways to do it. Everything Sam Harris does is a choice. It's free will exuded. We are all trapped in a world of free will. It's easier to believe that the world isn't free will and get told to by someone else and then get disappointed later, which is exactly what's happening to everybody now. So Sam Harris is this fundamental cultural argument of there's so many of us, let's just zombie out and pretend we're not in charge of ourselves. Well, that's a terrible argument, especially because you can't do that while 
You can't zombie out and make the argument that someone else should basically just zombie out. Free will doesn't exist for you or us, even though I do it now. Whatever. It's a bad argument. The mask in the hall monitor argument isn't even complete. Okay, These people who run around, never mind mask efficacy, these other human beings are running around pretending that they're hall monitors. They're trying to shame people into certain things. And then, the, the, and again, we're, we're, t we're passing what you would consider the kind of stuff an adult would laugh at a hall monitor for and never pass the word. The discussion is the passing of the most ignorant stuff that can be had. And I'm just wondering, why is everybody so clickbaity about every, every news cycle? Why can't we skip a bunch of these bad arguments and just toss them under the bus? It doesn't really make sense that, you know, supposedly serious adults keep passing dumb arguments around. Oh, well, why should we do it? Well, there's a corporation that's going to not let us work there. No, no, no. Almost none of us work at that corporation anyway. And the idea that everyone's going to get told either wear a mask and lose your job or not wear a mask and lose your job because you didn't take a job. No matter what, at a certain point, the Sharia debasement ritual will get you my two senses, all those vaccinations are going to sterilize people because they don't seem to be healthy for you. What do you need a booster for six months after? Okay, maybe you got to get a one six-month booster. But what is this? Your third shot is the only way you can go to dinner, but the second shot is what will get you on a plane. There are no rules that seem to function past authoritarian control and a bunch of ignorant mammals who will not stand up for themselves. I mean... For the amount of America-fuck-yeah nonsense that's on the TV, the spineless primate on this continent does not stand up for itself in the moment. The tree of sanity must be refreshed with the blood of the Patreons and the tyrants, campers. The infotainers have to go, and so do the tyrants, and the only way to get rid of both is to work on the miracle in the mirror. So here is how I'm going to tell everybody. This is about as fast as you can do. Fastest way I know of to as a Republican, as a Democrat, as a Libertarian, whatever you think you know. You have to catch up to 2021. I don't want to be an ignorant on the political battle space. I don't want to talk out loud and be dumb. I don't want to pass dumb information. I don't want to own dumb information. I want to spot it when it shows up in my face. I want to laugh at it properly because laughter is fun. Here's the fastest way I know how to catch up. Titrate what I'm about to tell you based on your own needs. Start at Tom Woods, episode one. And every time Tom says something interesting, you listen. And every time Tom shows you a new human, and that conversation is very interesting, and it is unbeknownst to you, you don't go any further into Tom Woods. You go into whatever person he just introduced you to on the show, and you go dig into that rabbit hole as a side quest, and you, you figure that person out. Michael Munger is a great one to start off with because when it comes down to public choice theory, a grumpy old man just, just lays it out like, what a bunch of dumb animals there are out there. It's amazing. I love Michael Munger. So you're going to do this. You're going to be on dozens of side quests before episode 500. But by the time you get to episode 500, you're going to be rolling through Tom's material because all of those side quests have done something. You and Tom Woods have gone on an educational journey together to where now you are becoming the Tom Woods peer group of we can discuss this stuff on an educated level. At which point, 
Tom is no longer your mentor. He's now in your peer group. Yay! And I love Tom, but Tom has to start using a lot of profanity. Otherwise, he is going to be considered Liberty K-8. through Otherwise, he's K-8. through and, and he's the best K-8 through I know of, is why I start there. So once you're over episode 500, you have to just monitor all of the things that you were monitoring beforehand, but now you're just looking for new material. He just did episode 2000. In the next 500 or 1500 episodes, you will not have as many side quests as you did in the first 500. That's good because you already did lots of work. It doesn't mean there's not work ahead of you. It doesn't mean you don't have to go scroll through those episodes. Do the homework. Do the homework. It's, it's as free of an education as you're ever going to get. And it's probably going to take you a thousand hours. But it's really, I mean, an abbreviated thousand hours of homework is the best education you could ever have, really. If somebody's going to lay it out there for you. So then you got to look around and say, okay, there's other people in the Liberty space other than Tom. Where am I going to go? That is kind of a preferential thing. I stick with three people to add to that and then one more after that. So the two I go to after that are the fastest trip I know through the libertarian weeds is Pete Quinones and Buck Johnson. You just do the same thing you did with Tom Woods, but you roll through all of those and you should have a complete, this is the political battle space, all of it. It's all of it by the time you're done with those people. And then when I say all of it, it's you're now kind of a technician. You, you understand how to rip the conversation apart rather than be ripped apart by it. And at the end of the line, you're going to be at Jason Stapleton. Because if you're not going to lift your own end, you are going nowhere. Yeah, all of this, all of the education to get you all the way around the other end is you're going to have to learn how to do your own human flourishing and what that looks like. And that's where you end up with you know, Jason Stapleton and Joe Rogan. Because by the time you're done with becoming a political technician of I, this conversation doesn't eat me up anymore, I spit it out, you end up going as to what is Joe Rogan talking about? He ends up in the, the softer end of the political conversation, which is the dumb part. Like He's trying to engage in it as to why would we say these things. I would. I think he should piss more. Just right in these, in these ignorant arguments. I know he, he, to an extent he pisses on them, but it, just the the amount of time that the entire conversation, to include what Joe contributes to it, that these are just ignorant conversations. Like they should be laughed at by the adults in the room and and, and just done away with it. We're we're only spending two times as much of our lives on these kind of conversations by entertaining them instead of just chopping them off with, you know, the subject matter expertise. But what you get in Jason Stapleton is subject matter expertise. of It's going to be basically making money, but it's not about, there's people who don't like the word profit. The only way you'll ever find out if a business is successful or not is based in profit. I do understand the concept of profit gouging. And I think you have to understand the concept of greed. It doesn't really come down to the concept of profit. It comes down to the concept of not contributing to anything other than yourself. 
And, and you'll find that the people who spend the most amount of time trying to make themselves into something or money into something, they are more than willing to help other people out. So it, the, the concept of greed, it's an accusation. And everyone, you know, like Milton Friedman says, everyone else is always the greedy guy. So Rogan's really going to get you into human health and human confrontation along MMA lines. And then psychedelics of why to not have human confrontation, because between the human health and the psychedelics, there's all this conflict. So Rogan brings in the science of human neurochemistry plus the science of human, uh, you know, the Greco-Roman end of human. You just have to deal with the fact that, you know, there's the conscious decisions of a mind and then there's the human assholes that have to be fed and wiped. And they're not... The, the human assholes fed and wiped. It's not a philosophical debate. And we'll have the ignorant and the shrieking. And it'll, it's really just making the conversation take years longer than anyone would ever, ever imagined. I mean, I understand why everyone's confused. I'm confused that in an information age, we can't get the supposed band leaders of the conversation to take the serious end of the conversation. They spend all their time in the clicks and likes and hugs and shares end. And of course that keeps it going longer. But again, most of these people are going away with changes in politics where it, those won't be a debate anymore. It'll just be over. And those political commentators are going to have to find something else to do. I will end here with fuck Harvard campers. Okay. There, a long time ago, Harvard represented a better education than you're going to get anywhere else. That might, to a certain extent, still be the case, but it's not because of the curriculum. It's because of the students. You're going to be there with a ton, a ton of sharp minds, and that is going to really be the environment you live in. The curriculum can fundamentally be duplicated anywhere, and MIT is very good. They, they just throw their coursework online. Like I think you have to pay to take the course, but you could take the course for free just to learn it. And then when you know, you know, basically once you know you're going to pass the course, then you go pay for it and take it or, or whatever. But the revolution isn't going to be televised. It's going to happen when we start passing information back and forth to each other as fast as the speed of information goes around us. And man, I can demonstrate on so many levels that there is so much information going around everyone's head. I'm trapped here. I'm trapped in the middle of a zombie apocalypse because I don't miss these kind of things. I know, I'm trained. I know how to do this. So when I'm trying to pass word to people, it's like, wow, this really does... It, to me, propaganda looks like everyone got hit with a flashbang grenade, except there was no flash and there was no bang, so they don't understand that they're a little cognitively out of it. And they're just irrationally making any argument that, you know, you could sing in the tune of grammar... But you couldn't ever perform if you knew anything about that. There's a certain amount of victimization to everyone that I kind of, I give all the way to the boomer, you know. Boomers grew up without an internet, and the kids who grew up with an internet know that bullshit is afoot. But nobody seems to know how to sort through the bullshit. I gotta start telling all the people who got a podcast, maybe you gotta become a little quieter about the garbage. Because, I mean, as the information points in between everybody and well let's just look at it there's source people like michael munger and walter block and then there's cnn being used as a source which is really just a propaganda fountain and then oh cnn is reporting who cares oh zero hedge has gone stupid oh fox news 
reporting the irrelevant. I, I'm in the, in the camp of Tucker Carlson's really just exactly what he says he is. An honest, dumb guy who's trying to figure this all out. Uh, it's, at this point, I cannot wag a finger at Tucker Carlson and say that he is anything other than that. An honest guy trying to figure this shit out from the perspective of not an intelligence guy. Just a guy who worked at a network. He sees how Fox is weird in some ways, and then he sees how it's better than CNN and others, and then he doesn't see his own hypocrisy some days. It is what it is. But he's pretty honest about it. Well, everything between me and Tucker Carlson seems to be honest, and it needs to start being honest amongst... <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> everything between me and Nicki Minaj seems to be pretty honest too. So when we start looking at the overall battle space, who's passing these white girl information? I guarantee Nicki Minaj gives out no white girl bullshit tips. And if Tucker Carlson's passing one, he's doing one in error. He's just trying to be, keep it honest. So the bullshitosphere, it's not getting cleaned up because of the miracles in the mirror. It's not getting cleaned up because the information hubs are incentivized to keep the conversation going instead of shut this shit down. At what point are you willing to be the one who stands up and says, shut that shit off? I'm not going to click on it. I'm not going to listen to it. The, the kind of feedback you got to send to your podcasters is when they have a clickbait episode, you just skip it. You just skip it. I don't listen to every Rogan thing. I, I saw just enough of the Sanjay Gupta thing to understand that Sanjay is honest. Never. He'll tap dance around in front of Joe. He'll go back on CNN. He won't be he won't be holistically honest on there either. He's a mealy mouther. Maybe he's good at brain surgery, but I think he spends too much time on TV to be really good to dig in anybody through anyone else's head. Joe Rogan's probably better at digging through someone else's head, and he demonstrated that when Sanjay sat in a chair across from him. So don't think that the brain surgeon was the guy from CNN. Just make sure, come on, Joe, you got to pass good info, man. 200 million, down, 200 million downloads a month. If you say one error, it ends up goddamn history for at least a couple of months. So don't, imagine, imagine, be, I personally understand that why Joe Rogan immediately turns around and goes, oh my God, I was wrong. Because I would feel like dumb, I would feel like garbage if I ever passed bad information. It, it, to a certain level. Now, I would never screw anything up so bad as to where I would send you on a mission I wouldn't go on myself. However, I would never tell 200 million downloads a month anything other than anything what I got. And I don't get 200 million downloads a month. I don't even get 2,000. But I'll tell you, if I'm passing bad information, Everyone is permitted to challenge, right down to the material scientists, Joe Rogan, and anyone else who thinks I'm full of shit. I'm only here to pass good information because I like to see the game come to a screeching halt when the facts become bare and the Enron front door is open. I don't care if a bunch of people lose their job because the light of day has been shown inside. Sunlight is the best disinfectant, and I like to put my ass in the sunshine. I don't like to put my asshole out the sunshine. But I do like to just show my ass into the sunshine and remind everybody, sunshine is good for you, okay? Sunshine is good for all of us. Transparency is good for all of us. Enlightenment is good for all of us. Ignorance doesn't help at all. Be your own subject matter expert in the things that are at least the stuff relevant to you. Definitely the common cold and the flu. Has anyone, has anyone seen
When all of your flaws and all of my flaws are laid out one by one A wonderful part of the mess that we made, we pick ourselves undone All of your flaws and all of my flaws, they lie there hand in hand Ones we've inherited, ones that we learned, they pass from man to man There's a hole in my soul, I can't fill it, I can't fill it And there's a hole in my soul, can you fill it, can you